IGN Playlist is a new home to your game library. Rate games, share lists, and log your game time, powered by How Long to Beat. Sign up for early access today at playlist.ign.com. This is Steve Downs, the voice of Master Chief, Sierra 117, and you're listening to Podcast Unlocked, the world's number one Xbox podcast. Now, finish this fight. Master Chief, out. Officially, happy holidays, everyone. Welcome to Podcast Unlocked, IGN's weekly Xbox show for November 30th, 2021. I'm Ryan McCaffrey, joined as always by Destin Legary. Bam. Hey, everybody. There he is. Good Good to see you, my friend. And Rihanna, the brand director from G4 TV, been chatting with her, wanting to get her on for a while. So great to welcome you. And actually, this is the first time you and I are talking face to face. It is. Yeah. Um, thanks again for inviting me uh, back then. And now I know Danny, my partner, was able to step in and, of course, had many, many great contributions to that conversation. And we were prepping for launch here at G4, so yeah. my schedule wouldn't permit me to join. But now we've launched and I have a tiny bit more free time. So, of course, one of the first things I wanted to do was to get on Unlocked and have these conversations with you both. Well, I really want to hear about your job and about your uh, what's going on over there, because it's it's just so cool for gaming and for gamers that G4 has returned. So, uh, yeah, just tell us about yourself. Yeah, well, um, I a long time ago came from healthcare, found my way over to the Xbox team and actually worked on Halo 5. Uh, and a couple of other games. And now I'm over here at G4 as the director of brand marketing. And what I do is wear a lot of hats, as you know, most people do in, in the gaming industry. Uh, what I most recently worked on was, of course, the launch of G4. So that's everything from figuring out our commercial ads that run on national TV to figuring out what giveaways we're going to do as we get into launch week. So uh, it's a lot of fun, a lot of work, and no day looks the same. And uh, what's really exciting is that we're also going to be celebrating Halo and talking about a lot of this multiplayer and the campaign that comes out next week. So, yeah, lots of really great conversations. And it's wonderful that G4 is back because we get to talk to great folks like you guys at IGN and, you know, really start having more of these one on ones and in gameplay sessions with everybody. Love it. I always welcome more voices into the space because uh, we need more people talking about video games. That's what we'll get, what we'll get more people to play them. Well. Uh, and, I hope everybody and, listening had a great Thanksgiving. I hope you guys had a great Thanksgiving. Destin, uh, did you, it sounds like from our conversation, we got, what you were talking about before we started recording that maybe there was some, some pies being made at your house. Oh yeah. I made a bunch of pumpkin pies from scratch. I nice. ground the, I cooked the pumpkin and ground it up and uh, they oh. turned out really, really good. Honestly, it's a lot of work and I didn't think it was that much better than store-bought. So I don't know if I'll do that ever again, but it was fun to do once. And uh, talking about Halo, oh, I've been playing so much multiplayer. It is so, so fun. I've done all the achievements except for two. Finish the battle pass, which is just going to take time. And the one that nobody can unlock yet because the mode hasn't been uh, added. So uh, yeah, just, I've been playing a little bit. So a little bit. Uh, Rihanna... If, oh, yeah. uh, if you want to do some ranks, let me know. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm still getting over my my sadness that Fiesta mode is gone, but I will definitely jump back into some ranked with you for sure. Yeah. Well, we're going to talk more Halo in a few minutes. Uh, but first, a quick plug. While I was away, so I've been on vacation, uh, which I'm, I was very grateful to be able to do. 
So I am like just frothing at the mouth to play Halo multiplayer. So let's get this show done so I can go do that. <laughs> but, uh, but first, we do have a lot to go over this week. Since we didn't do a show last week, we had two shows the week before. Hope everybody enjoyed the show with Seamus Blackley to celebrate the 20th anniversary of Xbox. Uh, he is always great to talk to. I love that guy. And I had another interview that went up, as I said, last week. And I hope you had a chance to check it out with Joseph Staten. Speaking of all things Halo, I think it's really the first time he's sat down for a, an interview of any length uh, since he took over as the head of creative on Halo Infinite, what, gosh, a year and roughly a half ago now. So that is on, of course, IGN. It's on YouTube.com slash IGN, or it's on the unfiltered podcast feed. So there is a podcast feed for it. If, you're, if you'd prefer to just listen to that, it's a little over an hour long. But obviously, Joseph has uh, such deep connections and deep roots with Halo. He helped create it. I mean, the entire Halo universe was effectively born out of Joseph's brain. Uh, and now here he is coming back to lead the whole thing in uh, for round six with Halo Infinite. So I hope you'll check that interview out. And it's really weird talking over myself, talking to someone else. If you're watching on video, that is, uh, I don't know if that's ever happened on the podcast before. Anyway, uh, so that's my shameless plug for IGN Unfiltered, which it's just so nice to sit down in person with someone again. I wish we could all be doing this in person. I know you two are in LA, so I just need to get myself down to LA and yeah. then we could do this. Uh, we could do this in person. So we'll do that eventually, I'm sure. Yeah, we'll get an old school land party set up. Exactly. Got to do it. Uh, Destin, this first yeah. topic is for you, although uh, who I mean, Rihanna, myself, who isn't a Mass Effect fan? And, and this is an interesting one. This is the headline topic of the show this week. Amazon Studios is nearing a deal to develop a Mass Effect TV series based, obviously, on Bioware's popular science fiction role playing game in a report about Amazon's success with the recent Wheel of Time adaptation, which I have queued up, but I haven't watched yet, Deadline, uh, who is uh, often scooping these kind of entertainment stories, says that Amazon is readying more adaptations for popular franchises, including Mass Effect. The report notes that the deal is nearing, meaning Amazon and EA haven't fully agreed to the project just yet. There are no details on the story or whether or not this will be an original story set in the Mass Effect universe or something adapted from or related to the games. Uh, Destin, let me go to you first. I mean, you are the most enthusiastic, biggest Mass Effect fan I know. You've played, how many times have you played the trilogy now, Destin? Have you lost count? Uh, well, three, I haven't played that much, but the first game I have played it like more than 20 times. I don't even wow. know how many times I've played it. Recently, they did the Xbox 20th anniversary thing. And it was funny because it's like your most played games. Mass Effect 1, Mass Effect 2, Mass Effect 3. <laughs> so uh, I, have, I have played them a lot. And this, this TV series is actually really, really exciting to me. There's a lot of stories that haven't been told in, in visual form anyway from the Mass Effect universe. There's several novels that have been released. For example, uh, the first one that goes into the origins of the relationship between Saren 
and Captain Anderson, which is really, really interesting because it gives you a little bit more context as to why those two really, really don't like each other and what those early missions were like. Yeah, Drew and, Drew Carpishin wrote that one, right? Is that, am I remember, remembering that one correctly? I, I don't want to say for sure who wrote the first novel. Drew Carpishin is the author of the original game. Right. And uh, he has actually spoken up about the, the television series announcement from Amazon Studios. And uh, he said he's very excited and to hit them up if they want, if they're interested in any writing help. Um, but yeah, so uh, I'm really excited about this. This story was sort of like buried within another story about Lord of the Rings getting adapted and such to to uh, a, a series. I, I just wanted to say that I think Mass Effect works really, really well because there are so many stories that are are untold. What was Tally's? Uh, early life like before she began her pilgrimage and wound up on the Normandy. Um, what is Miranda Lawson's backstory? You know, somebody basically engineered to be uh, perfect, quote unquote. And, you know, what sort of toll does that take on, on a human? And then there's like Jet, you could dive into Jack, you could di dive into uh, uh, not Grunt, Rex's relationship with his father, because we know that's hinted to in the original trilogy. Liara is like a thousand years old when you first meet her. So there's plenty to dive into there. There's so much rich history and there have been great stories in comic form and such that have been told. I love this and I hope it gets greenlit. Come on, Amazon. Rihanna, how about you? Would you be up for watching a Mass Effect TV show? Yeah, I definitely would be. I watch a lot of TV and, you know, I I'm. I fell off of the expanse, uh, but I am looking for another, you know, spacey sci-fi show. And I don't know as much as Destin about the Mass Effect universe, but I do really love the characters and I love consuming the Mass Effect world in other forms. Like I've played the Risk game uh, that they've made with Mass Effect theme and had quite a great time. So um, I'm really looking forward to, to seeing all of the different stories they can tell, as Destin mentioned, and, you know, finding out a little bit more about these characters. I know for me, um, Recently, I just watched Arcane, and I had no context for League of Legends before that. And now I kind of want to play the game. Like, I downloaded Wild Rift on my phone. So maybe this is a way to get me back into the, the actual series and possibly for other viewers as well. Yeah, I keep... Literally everyone I've heard from says that Arcane is an amazing show. We just gave the entire season a 10 on IGN. Yeah. And I'm like you. Like, I have never played and don't care about League of Legends, but I'm totally going to watch that show. So, yeah, it's uh, it's it's this is a, a very intriguing possibility. Actually, first, Rian, I got to ask you, because it's good to know a little this about everyone. Are you a okay. Mass Effect one person or a Mass Effect two person? Or I played I played more of Mass Effect two, but I didn't finish either. So I would say I'm probably just not a Mass Effect person. That's fair. That's fair. It's uh, so definitely. Yeah, it's it, there. Are, they're long always, games. Yeah, they are long and they they what's fun about them is that they can be very long. Like Destin, what's what's the longest playthrough of your 20 playthroughs of the first two games? Oh, time-wise, yeah. I have no at least 40 hours or something, oh, yeah. you know. So like um a long time. And that's because there is a very specific way that I play through these originals. This might actually be my footage from the the remake <laughs> that just edition. recently came out. Um, yeah, uh, it's really good. I played through the, the remakes as Femme Shepherd for like the first time. 
there was I I got had this connection with the the male shepherd because it's what I did, played through as the first time. Right. What I played through the original trilogy. So for me, that was Mass Effect, and uh, everybody adores Hale's performance in these games. She does such a phenomenal job. Yeah. So getting the opportunity to play through and see the slightly different dialogue options that happen as as female shepherd was great. Uh, so that that's. Uh, really interesting. I, I lost track of your question. I was a nail. No, it's okay. Uh, yeah. I, yeah, for me, I my concern here. I agree. I think this could be phenomenal. I mean, we've seen, you know, Rihanna. You mentioned the Expanse. I mean, there are great science fiction television shows, but I don't know. There's something. I hope I'm wrong, but I feel like a Mass Effect TV show would almost have to be expensive. It would have to be a pretty high production budget show. Or else it could easily drift off into cheesy territory. And, and I think maybe I think that because it's got kind of that like almost late 70s sci-fi vibe to it, that it's that that could translate to being cheesy on screen in a bad way, unless Amazon really puts a ton of money into it. Destin, am I am I nuts for thinking that? Well, I think you're thinking live action, right? And I don't think oh, yeah. there's been any confirmation that the show would be live action or anything. They're in a pilot phase. So look at Invincible. Invincible right. was a comic book that was adapted to animation form, and that worked really, really well. But uh, I do agree with you. Like, I, I would want to see it in live action form, ideally. I think I it think would be. I, 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 when they're referencing, oh, okay, well, Wheel of Time really worked for us. Let's do, you know, let's yeah. maybe do Mass Effect. I'm... I would bet the farm that this is going to be a live action deal. Yeah, well, it could also go the route of contact where, you know, definitely focus on live action, but the graphics are are a little bit more evergreen and they hold up a lot longer. Right. Maybe less expensive. Yeah, good point. Um, yeah. And, and also, like, just with the with the advances in what people are able to do <laughs> with, uh, you know, just editing and, and making movies these days, I don't know that the cost would be as high as it would have been like i don't know, even five years ago right yeah. so it's great that we're seeing more and more of these shows that uh take place in, in space and are, are quick to turn around and quick to produce uh you know halo had their first teaser trailer recently so talking about space theme we've seen that that's a huge budget though because that project has been greenlit then killed so many times <laughs> i don't and, think it's uh, ever been killed it's just been stuck in in development hell for yeah for far there was like long. there's like the neil blomkamp movie that got pretty right. far along and then got crushed so uh there there was the there's been two live action halo shows one was good i guess <laughs> yeah. okay to good and one was pretty bad you know so <laughs> there's that and mass effect did like an animated thing i remember not liking very much so it was like an anime or something but uh yeah i Amazon has ha has a good track record, so I'm interested to see what they do here. Destin, cast cast your shepherd. Can you can you give mm. me somebody right now that you'd want to see? Well, there was discussion, and it seemed like Henry Cavill was teasing that he was involved with a Mass Effect project. Um, so I I think he would be a great person to cast. I do think there's there's a challenge of the fact that um, he's kind of in everything. <laughs> like he's the Witcher, right? And then to yeah. cast him for Mass Effect also, and but he's I, I don't just, he's good. Put him in everything. I'm fine with it. <laughs> I don't think these stories will be focused around Shepard. They have to be around ancillary characters yeah. because part of the, your connection 
to the Mass Effect universe is your individual characterization of your shepherd, right? And shepherd can be be anything. So, um, yeah, I, I I just don't think we get a series that looks at it that way. Or if we do, they wear the their helmet a lot. So, but what about all the romancing, Dustin? We need to see the the romancing. There's still, there's still romance and everything, but it just probably wouldn't be shepherd. It would be like uh, Liara's relationship after shepherd had had died or whatever you know but probably not your your main i don't know how they would handle that right because shepherd can be male or female um he can be have like purple hair normal hair like did they go with with the default characterization or like how, how do you handle that so i i think i need the mass effect tv show to be successful not only a because we'd get a good mass effect show but B, because then we could get the Rex spinoff show where it's just <laughs> about Rex. And that I would watch every single second of. That would be the real Mass Effect show that I would want to see is just Rex doing Rex things. And uh, <laughs> you know, because his, his, his alien race, his planet has such a unique history that that's what I would like to see. I mean, yeah, Destin, so which, which character? Pick one. You know, you know the series so well. Who Garris. do you think? Who do you want to see it focus on? Garrus. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah Garrus really Garris and Liara. Like, um, <laughs> yeah, Garrus and Liara are probably the fan favorites. Of course, everybody likes Tally and Jack and Grunt and all the other you know leads from the series. But I, I think if you were pressed to pick a few, it would be like Garrus, uh, Liara, and as you said, Rex. Well, we'll see what happens. I mean, the good news, Amazon does, they are splashing the cash. Like, they are throwing money around big time at this stuff. I mean, the Wheel of Time had a huge budget. The Lord of the Rings show that they're doing is, uh, I for, I don't have the number in front of me, but I remember reading it's its an astronomical m- amount of money that they're putting into that show. Um, so, you know, Mass Effect, I can't imagine, would be on the budget level of either of those shows, but it, I suspect it would probably get a pretty good... Uh, a pretty good amount of money bankrolling it. We want you to join Rogue Jam and help design the next hit video game from Rogue Games, creators of Super Impossible Road, Arcanium, and Sprawl. Now IGN and Rogue are teaming up to offer half a million dollars and an exclusive publishing deal to the best finished and in-progress games we can get our power gloves on. Submit your game between November 29th and December 31st, 2021 for a chance at $800,000 in prizes. Your game must be playable because that's what makes it a game. Finalists will be judged as part of Rogue Jam, an all-new series produced in partnership with IGN. So look for that in 2022 or head to roguejam.com to start the submission process now and get your game on the show. Get designing. All right, let's get back to the game that everybody, including us, is playing, which is Halo Infinite. Stella, who could not be on the show this week, uh, along with Miranda, obviously. They are She's both- on break, a well-deserved break. <laughs> yeah, and, and Miranda's neck deep in, uh, in a lot of fall game coverage, so we will hopefully see them next week. But Stella's full review of Halo Infinite multiplayer is up now because, of course, it was dropped early. It was dropped on November 15th, earlier than expected. Uh, and meanwhile, I am working on the campaign review, the single-player review 
which will be up soon. I'm not allowed to tell you when because for whatever reason, they don't want us telling you when that is, but it'll be up soon. Uh, so Stella, in her review, she gives it a 9 out of 10, which just delighted me endlessly to see and read. I encourage you to go read or watch her full review, but here are two excerpts I wanted to read you. She says, With its tight 4v4 matches and more chaotic 12v12 big team battle on expertly designed maps, Infinite revives and reinvigorates the glorious sci-fi action that once made Halo king among multiplayer FPS games. Riding high on that thrill, Halo Infinite's multiplayer has dash slid into the first-person shooter scene and meleeed the competition off the map. And then she later adds, with some fantastic map design, a collection of straightforward but highly engaging modes for both large and small groups, excellent weapons and gear options, and those delightfully bouncy and sticky grenades, Halo Infinite's multiplayer modes put it in the top tier of competitive shooters. Impressively, it manages to give nostalgic veterans the best of what they remember Halo multiplayer feeling like, while also smoothly introducing new players to the joys of Spartan combat. Well said, Stella. I wish I could say that to your face right now. I will slack you later. But uh, I want to hear from each of you. Rian, I want to go to you first. You've yeah. been playing a lot of Halo Infinite multiplayer. Uh, are you with Stella on this? What is What has your experience been with it? Favorite maps? I turn the floor over to you. Yeah, uh, 100%. I'm with Stella. This is Halo. It's the Halo we love and remember, and it's also updated for today. Uh, I, the way I've been, I've been saying it is it feels like if you remember loving pizza rolls as a kid, this is that really premium dollar slice. Like it, It's bigger. It's better. It's got all of the things that you're used to with your current generation shooters, but it still has that old school Halo feel. You're still regenerating your health and your shields. You're ducking behind a corner and trying to sword somebody in the back. It's it just, uh, it's chef's kiss. It's exactly what I was hoping for. So I'm absolutely thrilled with multiplayer so far. Um, you mentioned maps, but first I got to give a shout out to Fiesta Mode because, yes. oh my God, what an incredible way to introduce so many new players and reintroduce so many former players to all of these new weapon sets and equipment. Like, obviously, the grapple hook gets a lot of shine because it's absolutely hilarious for all of the moments it can create in gameplay. But the dash is pretty great. Uh, it's really nice to throw a little repulsor arm and, you know, ward off somebody coming at you with a hammer. And Fiesta is just a really great introduction to all of these different weapon types and equipment. And even though I can't use the Ravager at all, I know I love the skewer now. So anytime I see it in big team battle, I'm going to go for it. And uh, it's fantastic first new game mode and unfortunately it's limited time only so it's gone now but i am literally counting the days until it comes back um, back in january <laughs> oh, so long my god what are we gonna do until then but uh as far as maps go i i'm scrolling through the list right here i really love bizarre bizarre is really fun again shout out to that grapple hook because it can get you into some really fun encounters aquarius for 4v4 awesome map and it's really bright and colorful and it has lots of small corridors but also really great sight lines for sniping you know every single map just feels so well balanced and considered and so very well realized and right now i'm playing on a 4k 120 hertz tv but with the series s still looks absolutely gorgeous so i, I mean i could go on very long obviously stella did a great job in her coverage but yeah halo multiplayer is 100 fantastic Destin, I know you've been playing a ton as well. 
uh, I imagine that you are largely of the same school of thought here. Yeah, uh, placed Platinum 2 on Mixed uh, Ranks and Platinum 1. I just got my ranking for just keyboard and mouse last night. So I'm okay, I'm okay, but uh, I've been playing a lot. I, I, I don't even know how many hours I have in this game. I did all the achievements, and the thing about it is I, I can't stop playing it once I start. It's the, it's the type of game where I turn it on and I just find myself playing late into the night, too late, and it it has that feel that Stella mentions in her review where it does speak to longtime players. It feels like you're playing. It feels exactly how I would imagine a modernization of Halo should feel because everything is there from the, the old school days when we used to, you know, play late into the night and we're doing it again here with Halo Infinite. Uh, I love it. Uh, can I talk about some of the stuff that I've noticed? Like, please. 50 hours in that maybe isn't as positive yeah <laughs> so there, there's been a lot of talk about the the battle pass progression which i think we're going to get into in a moment they are uh making some changes today effective immediately where you're going to get more xp for your first several games um yeah largely asking about my favorite map that's such a hard question ryan <laughs> i didn't See, come prepared that to speaks like well to the game that it's such oh, a, a tough question because you know in in five, I, I know I've said this a million times already, but like five, it was just like the maps weren't memorable. But this time mm -hmm. around, the maps all have such good personality, such good flow to them that there's a lot of great maps, which is how it's supposed to be with Halo. That maps are supposed to be amazing and it's supposed to be tough to pick your favorite one. Yeah, I, I don't think there's any map that I get and I don't like I groan when I get yeah, it, you know, no there's no. There's no behemoth duds, really. a little bit, just a little. Yeah. Behemoth? That's probably my least favorite as well. I, it, it, if it had, I don't know, it, it needs some, I'm not, I'm so bad with the sniper rifle that I think that's the reason that I'm not so fan of such a fan of behemoth myself. Go ahead, Dest. Yeah. Uh, well, I guess, I guess if I, if I was pressed to pick one, it's the, I don't remember the name of it. It's like an interior location. You get captured the flag there a lot. Uh, that, that one's a lot of fun. Uh, I haven't seen it in the footage, otherwise I would call it out. But, um, yeah. So I like that one a lot. Um, I think my biggest criticism of the game is especially in big team battle. It really seems like when you just match make by yourself, a lot of players just don't know what they're supposed to do. They just go for kills and they don't play the objective. I think right. that's been the most, uh, I guess, I guess frustrating is the right word when I'm like, it's not really please? a uniquely halo problem though. Yeah. Yeah. Not it's, to discount well, it's what a, you're saying. No, no, no. It's a free to play game. So like, um, when you're solo queuing and I'm chasing achievements, so I didn't really want to play with anybody for a while until I got them all. So now I can play with my buddies. So I think that'll improve. But when you're just solo queuing, it, it is a little bit like, can you please go pick up the ball? You're nowhere near the ball. You're not running towards the ball. <laughs> go. That's how we win. I want to win. So uh, I, I think that's been the, the the biggest negative, I guess you could say. And then, uh, of course, the, the battle pass progression. Uh, I still think it feels slow. I know some people don't feel that way. It, I have at least 30 hours in the game, and I'm like level 14. And the fact that uh, a whole... So not literally slow. The progression's slow. The progression feels yeah, slow. Not the player yeah. movement. Yeah. Uh, it, it does last until like May, though. So you have plenty of time to hit level 100. And with, with the change, the changes are so positive. It's, it's a good change because uh, you, you actually feel like you have a chance to 
not only do you have a reason to sign on every day, but you have a chance to actually completing that battle pass in somewhat of a reasonable time. Um, the big, the big problem with the challenges though, is of course it incentivizes you to do things that are counterproductive to the objective of the mode. And I think that's the thing I like about the Malays. So I really hope they continue to look at this good changes so far. Uh, gameplay is so good, Ryan. Like it's just such a fun game to play. I, I can't put it down. And I, I think that's, I'll stop. Well, <laughs> first I want to go back to what Rihanna said about Fiesta mode. And that's, it, it was always one of my favorites in Halo 2. I would throw it on with, see when I played in my Halo 2 days, uh, it would, we'd go on, we'd get on every single night. It was most of my coworkers and then kind of our extended group of, of uh, coworker friends at other magazines back at Future. And we would all play together. And usually we'd kind of if depending on how many people we had, if we had a small group, we might jump into ranked for a little while, jump into the matchmaking playlist. But if we had a big group, we would just play like amongst ourselves and and uh, we would throw on Fiesta a lot. And it's just it is it's such a it just it's like it's almost like a cheat code to the fun because it's just like <laughs> everything's always different. You don't know what you're going to get. You know, you might, you might yell if you get like, if you'd spawn with like the plasma pistol, you might be like, Oh, come on. But then sometimes you might spawn with a rocket launcher and then you just have this big smile on your face. So yeah, I, I will welcome happily welcome the return of Fiesta, hopefully for good. But uh, yeah, the, the, that's really, you kind of both hit on it. It is, I mean, I have said before, for uh, as as much as I don't like Halo 5's single player campaign, I thought its multiplayer was the best multiplayer since two. I know a lot of Halo 3 fans would politely disagree with me on that, but I would say uh, even more strongly now, Infinite's multiplayer is the best Halo multiplayer since Halo 2. I I, I, I feel very strongly about that. It is because it's it's got... Uh, again, the maps. The maps are such a big differentiator for me over Halo 5. I mean, the mechanics in 5 are great, uh, but the, the mechanics in, in Infinite are better with, you know, with the equipment, with the repulsor, the grapple hook. I mean, there's just so much going on here. I mean, the, like, the vehicles aren't really fundamentally different in, uh, <laughs> in Infinite versus really many, most of the other Halos. You know, vehicles aren't the differentiator. It's the equipment. It is the maps those are kind of the two things that i come back to uh that are that separate infinite from last several halo games and i just can't get enough of this and and destin like you said it's it's really tough to put down once you've started playing it like it's just it's got that one more round one more mm -hmm. game thing going on that is really tough you can't if you could bottle that and and uh, license it out you know, Microsoft would make a fortune doing that, but you can't. It is it is such a a, a difficult balance of art and science. And and just while you guys are talking, like I even love watching Halo. Like I don't, mm -hmm. and I don't like watching people play video games very often. I would rather play them myself. But like as you both were talking, I'm just like looking over here at my monitor, and this is all Stella's foot. I could just watch this all day. Like it's just <laughs> it's just too good. Um, I, I really can't say enough about how good this multiplayer is. And I, I am just, I know I'm really happy for, for 343 in the sense that, you know, they've, they've worked really hard to get here, uh, from the lows of, of the Master Chief Collection launch being such a, 
public drawn out disaster to, you know, all the work they've put in there and they stuck with multiplayer on five. And now to get to this, like it's, I'm very happy for them and, and more just happy that, that Halo is like a, a thing that people love and want to play again. Cause it, it had been six years and it had been gone uh, for, for all, but the, you know, the last of the diehard Halo five community. And now it's, it's going to be a thing that's, that's with us for, the foreseeable future again. And that just makes me unendingly happy. Um, now, Destin, did you, did you want to cover off on these, uh, the, the progression battle pass changes before we move on to the next halo topic? Yeah. So there, there's two, there's a few things going on within the community. First of all, uh, let's, I guess I'll talk, start with the XP. Uh, there's been some XP changes. So the gains now are for your first game. It's 300 second. It's 200 third and third. It's also 200. Fourth, fifth, and sixth are all 100 XP, and then seventh game is 50 XP, which is what you were getting uh, right away. Uh, 343 also said that they're going to continue looking at the game and making refinements to the progression system. So this is something that's going to be ongoing, and this is just a, a change that they were able to make the first day back from their Thanksgiving break. So right away, right off the bat, they did this. The second thing that they commented on that I didn't actually put in the show notes was uh, console players are starting to be impacted by PC cheaters. So PC hacks and and cheaters are becoming an issue that they are aware of. Joseph Staten said, we have more anti-cheat measures in the pipeline. In the meantime, please use this link for bad, to report bad actors. And there's a link on Twitter that you can use. Uh, The Banhammer is unlimbered and ready for action. So they are aware of it. It is something that is going to take time to address. It's a free-to-play PC game, and, and that's part of it. The community has asked, and I largely agree with this ask, to have the option to turn off cross-play. Now, I think that would be a really, really good way to address address this yeah. problem. And it it seems like it would be uh, quick to do because in Ranked, you can turn off cross-play. You can set, or at least set input type. So. You can set input type to keyboard and mouse. And as you might know, you can actually play with keyboard and mouse on console. So you can also play with a gamepad on a on a PC though. Yeah, you can you can go either way, but I, I think being able to turn off crossplay seems like the best way to handle the issue. I I don't know if what it's gonna take for 343 to do that, but I I hope they make it happen. And I, there was one other thing that the community was talking about that I can't remember off the top of my head, but um, those those are the big ones: the the battle pass progression and cheaters. So yeah, the the cheating thing that's that's really the one that hurts. That it's because yeah. uh, it's just you know you it that can literally ruin your fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and well, yeah, and- I mean we don't know how the system, the matchmaking system, and and how three four three's built the game uh, mm-hmm. works behind the scenes. It, it might not quite be as simple as just turning that off. Uh, yeah. But we know the player base is large and healthy. So there is hopefully from the just a sheer numbers sense, uh, they could separate the pools and it would not be uh, it would not sort of affect the, the 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 time it takes to get you into a game. But yeah, there there could be more to it. But yeah, I just I hope that's really my only that's like my only concern about mm-hmm. infinite multiplayer going forward is the cheating. And that's uh, sadly it's out of our control entirely. It's well, up to three, four, three to stay ahead of it. 
Yeah, just a real quick note on that. Destiny basically had cheaters running rampant for a year, if not longer, before they finally implemented BattleEye, which was recently. And that largely seems to have addressed the issue. But I saw what it did to, to Destiny multiplayer, and I don't want that to happen to, to Halo Infinite multiplayer. I will say, though, uh, I have yet to encounter a cheater, which means I'm going to encounter nothing but cheaters yeah. after, you, you just after this episode airs. So um, I, I'm happy for that, but uh, I I just I don't want it to go the I don't want what happened to Destiny to happen to Halo Infinite because it's in such a good spot right now, and I'm having so much fun with it. I just I don't want this feeling to go away, Ryan. I know. <laughs> I know, I'm so with you. Uh, all right, let's talk a little more Halo because there is more campaign co-op and Forge, which we all know have been pushed back. They will not make launch on December 8th with the rest of the campaign. Halo Infinite won't be getting a co-op uh, until May at the earliest, and Forge will be even further down the line. Uh, Joseph Staten spoke to Eurogamer, confirming that the game's extension of Season 1 means those two very highly requested features have been delayed a little bit more. Uh, they'd previously just kind of said spring, as I recall. When 343 announced that campaign and co-op would not be in launch, uh, it made clear that the former co-op would drop during season two and forge in season three. And Staten confirmed that with season one now taking place for around six months instead of three, that means those modes have also been pushed back. Season two should begin in May, with season three likely to be around August or September. So, I mean, this hurts for sure. I know a lot of this will really, really hurt a lot of people who are just their tradition is to play Halo multiplayer, or excuse me, Halo single player campaign with their friends in co-op. Uh, Rihanna, are you a co-op player when it comes to Halo? Absolutely. And uh, it, it'll be interesting because obviously most people who are very interested in campaign will have plenty of time to play through all of it by the time we get to May. And I'm not sure if you'll want to go back with a co-op and, and replay everything. And, you know, as we know, Halo this time isn't quite as linear. So like, how do you even approach that that world? I know in Far Cry 6, it's it's been wonderful dropping in and dropping out of other people's games. And it doesn't matter quite so much like what progression they're at or what what outposts they've unlocked and different things like that. But, you know, it'll it, it's it, it's yet to be seen how that works with Halo, because those campaigns do feel so personal, even when you're playing co-op. And recently I went back and replayed through the remaster of uh, Halo One with Andrew Renee uh, on What's Good Games, and it was it was like being at your friend's house. You know, it was in the middle of quarantine, and we were missing playing games with each other, and it, it was wonderful. But we had a lot of time in between our first experience and the new co-op campaign experience. So, with with it being a few months after you've probably finished on your own, it, it'll be strange, I think, to to go back so soon with your friends, but also to have to wait until you've really finish the whole thing on your own. So I'm not sure how it'll be. Yeah, Destin, it also, I mean, with the with Forge being especially pushed back, I mean, like nine months from from launch now, roughly, mm -hmm. we're looking at, uh, it could, that could put a, I mean, not could, it will, uh, we'll, we won't be seeing all kinds of community map creations for a while. Yeah, that's unfortunate. I do think we will see more 343 maps, you know, come official launch and beyond. So we will have content and events and things to keep us busy. But it is a bummer that the community aspect just will be MIA. 
at launch. They kind of ripped the Band-Aid off on uh, campaign co-op a long time ago to delay it a little further. I mean, at least we have a clearer picture of when it is going to be available. It's really unfortunate for those that are, have been looking forward to playing through the campaign with their friends, though. Um, yeah, it, this was actually one of the more concerning aspects of Halo Infinite for me because the previous leadership team had several times said co-op would be there at launch and then they delay it a year and now they've delayed co-op to several months after launch. So for me, I, I, I was really, really worried about this aspect of it. But now that multiplayer is here and I, I've, I've adored multiplayer and uh, Ryan, we, we put out content where we played through the first uh, three three or four missions of of Halo Infinite, and so far that's looking good. So um, the gameplay is good, but this is just a really really unfortunate situation for anybody who wants that couch co op experience, who wants that co op experience. Period. Um, it's a bummer. Yeah, I mean, and the nice part I'll end on for this is at least like if if somebody's a major uh, co op fan, and that's which I completely understand, going back twenty years with Halo. You you don't have to spend any additional money. You can just just keep playing all the other million games that are out. And when uh, co-op does show up, Halo Infinite's right there for you in your Game Pass subscription. So just download it and play it. Jump in when you're when you're ready to. And of course, you, know, you can do as we've been doing, which is play a ton of multiplayer in the meantime <laughs> as well. Um, we talked about cheating, Destin. Thank you for adding those notes. So yeah. Halo, we're going to be probably talking about Halo a lot over the next, certainly over the next month between now and the end of the year with the campaign coming up uh, in nine days from, or is it, no, what's one week? Where are we at? It's the eighth. Nine, so eight, eight days. Wednesday. Eight days. Mm -hmm. Eight, nine, depending on what yeah. you set your console region to. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's right. Eight days from now. So uh, stay tuned for that. In fact, yeah, we'll see. Next next week's episode should be good. Uh, games with gold have been announced for December, which you know, games with gold is kind of doesn't get a lot of love anymore from <laughs> terms of because of Game Pass, you know. But there's still some decent games that drop in there from time to time, just for maintaining a gold subscription. And this month, not bad. But we'll see if you guys don't like any of these. So we've got the Escapists two. All of December, Tropico 5, December 16th, January 15th. Orcs Must Die and Insanely Twisted Shadow Planet Ooh, that's uh, also one. in that same window. Uh, or I should say from the first one, Orcs Must Die is the first half of the month and uh, Twisted Shadow Planet, second half of the month. Uh, it's <laughs> Is anybody really going to play these? Because Halo's coming out. Insanely yeah. Twisted Shadow Planet was a, a summer game or the game thing that you really liked from back in the day, right? Summer of Arcade. Summer of Arcade, yeah. yeah. So that's a big throwback. I mean, if you're missing some sim action, you know, it's like a nice palate cleanser to jump into Tropico. But I mean, everyone's going to want to play Halo. So There's like 10, 20 people out there that are going to be not <laughs> playing Halo. So, yeah. <laughs> no, it's I mean... It is. I mean, I appreciate that Microsoft's still keeping this program going because I think they could easily say, yeah, you know, we're just going to focus our efforts on Game Pass and we're not going to do this anymore. And and I don't think they would really get a lot of blowback or at least it'd be a day of people, you know, anytime anything's ever taken away, there are always going to be people that are not happy about it. But I do appreciate that they've continued to keep this going for 
many years now. So uh, there are four games throughout the month of December that you can download and own for free should you happen to be a gold subscriber, which if you're listening or watching this show, you probably are. Uh, The next topic here is one that uh, just never, never quite seems to go away. It just hangs around and it pops up from time to time. Platinum's director, Hideki Kamiya, addressed scale bounds, ultimately failed development in a brand new interview. He spoke with the YouTube channel called Cutscenes. Kamiya shed some new light on Scalebound's cancellation. He said he had the desire to make a high-end photorealistic game. That meant that Platinum had to improve its graphical uh, abilities as the next step in modern game creation. And he says, quote, I'm sorry to the players who looked forward to it. And moreover, I'm sorry to Microsoft, who had placed their trust in us as a business partner. He says, I want to apologize, both as a creator and as a member of Platinum Games. End quote there. Uh, Kamiya said that he loved fantasy worlds with swords, magic, and dragons growing up. He also played classic PC games like Sorcerian and Hydelide. So that's where he got the idea to center Scalebound around a young man fighting together with a dragon. But he says, quote, however, it was a big challenge for Platinum Games. We were working in an environment we weren't used to. We were developing on the Unreal Engine. We also lacked the necessary know-how to build a game based on online features. The hurdles we had to overcome were very big, end quote. So a very candid there. Rihanna, are you you one of the folks that's still missing Scalebound? You know, I have a unique perspective on this because I was actually set to work on the game. Uh, This was back during my time in localization production at Xbox Game Studios. So I was very uh, disappointed that (laughs) the project didn't go through because it was what I was going to work on. Um, But I definitely understand how difficult it can be to work in a new environment on a new type of game with the the online infrastructure that is very complicated, as we all know, and very easy to get wrong, as we've experienced. And yeah, if a game is early in development and it's not hitting those really critical milestones, sometimes the best thing is to just, you know, say, let's wait until you can handle this and we're still waiting. But uh, it's interesting to see the director you know, publicly apologizing for, for the, 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 the ultimate failure to, to get it out of the door. Uh, I don't think I've seen that happen before from a game director of something that was canceled. So yeah, very, uh, very unique moment <laughs> when I was reading through that coverage, for sure. Destin, have you made peace with Scalebound at this point? Yeah, I mean, the gameplay looked really, really interesting. I would have loved to have had the opportunity to play it. But I mean, if it didn't work, it didn't work. Uh, They made the difficult decision to kill it. And this was at a time when they were sort of uh, tweaking a lot of things. I think around this same time was when they canceled the Fable sort Mm -hmm. of uh, Fable Fable game. Yeah, Fable Legends, and I was actually yeah, yeah, I was actually glad they canceled that one. To me, that never felt like Fable, and I'm glad to see that they seem to be going back to their roots for the Fable franchise. And while the Fable game was popular, Microsoft had to make a lot of tough calls about the properties that they were working on. And Scalebound got hit, Fable got hit, and I'm sure other things I'm unaware of did. So it's it's nice to just hear from Kamiya about 
what happened, how it was a bigger challenge than maybe even we knew about for that team. Because I remember it, there was a lot of uh, passionate voices on on both sides of this story when it, on all sides of the story when uh, when it was initially launched. So. Yeah, maybe it means they'll be working together in the in the near future on something new. And yeah, I hope so. Yeah. Yeah, I think this one scale bound now at this point. I mean, it's been like four years, almost five, I think, since it was canceled. I believe it was early 2017. And uh, I think this one's up there in the, the all time, like most heartbreaking Xbox game cancellations, along yeah. with like true fantasy live online for us. OGs. that's that was supposed to be a this was going to be this gorgeous MMO out of uh, level five in Japan. Uh, that looked so good for the original Xbox. That would have been a really groundbreaking thing at the time. And that one hurt to get killed. And uh, like Project Milo, would have, that was another one that I would have loved to have seen. Like, had that actually been able to come to fruition? That was Peter Molyneux and Lionhead uh, doing the Connect thing. That could have been interesting as well. So that's, uh, it goes into the, the, the pantheon as uh, uh, good or bad as that may be. Real quick, before we get to the loot box and the trivia question, and start to wind down here. This is a story that happened while I was on vacation, and obviously we didn't have a show last week. I did want to mention Epic. Epic Games has acquired Harmonix, the makers of Rock Band and Dance Central. Uh, in a press release, Epic announced that as it, uh, as it continues work on the metaverse, is a term that I wish would die forever, <laughs> it has enlisted Harmonix to, quote, reimagine how music is experienced, created, and distributed. Harmonix will develop musical journeys and gameplay for Fortnite while still working on Rock Band 4. The studio announced that it will continue its existing DLC plans and plans to release more tracks next year. Rock Band Rivals uh, seasons will also continue with plans for both seasons 25 and 26. The studio reiterated that it will next be working with Epic on creating musical journeys and gameplay for Fortnite. Sadly, Harmonix also says it does not plan to resume production on more rock band instruments, so expect them to still be rare commodities in the secondhand market. Uh, so first I want to say, before turning it over to you guys, that I'm very happy for Harmonix because this secures their financial future. They've always been this independent studio that has made these very unique games that like, sometimes they've blown up and become the biggest things on the planet, like with Guitar Hero and then Rock Band. And other times it's they've made things that just have kind of come and gone. And I always thought, oh, man, I hope Harmonix survives. And now they will survive. So that is great. But I got to call Epic out here for not being willing to put some money into new rock band instruments for two reasons. One, they can afford it. I mean, they're, a, they're Fortnite prints money on a daily basis. They're a multi-bajillion dollar company. Nobody's. Nobody'd be laid off. Nobody'd miss a bonus if they spent some money on these instruments. Because, yes, it's definitely not a good financial move to make more of these instruments. They're not going to make a lot of money on them. But for the sheer act, if you're going to buy the studio and you're going to be supportive of Harmonix, A, it's a gesture towards them. B, it'd be a gesture towards game preservation, which you know Microsoft has so fully embraced with the notion of compatibility and, and games uh, going all the way back, you know, to the original Xbox playable now on the, the Series X, game preservation is important. And as these instruments continue to break, because things break, they're they're you know you push buttons, you use the you use the uh, strum bar, stuff doesn't starts to not work eventually. 
And uh, these instruments are hundreds and hundreds of dollars on eBay and such. If you go to try to find a replacement and it just, it just sucks. Like I, I, that's really the game preservation thing for me is where I'm not through. I'm happy that Epic bought them. I thank you Epic for securing the future of harmonics, but also, you know, boo on you for not being able to not being willing to put some money into into instruments rihanna were you were you a big rock band player in the day oh yeah absolutely and it's funny that you mentioned like it's unfortunate that people won't have as easy access to the actual peripherals because i usually played it on a controller and i know that is very unusual but uh, we only had so many guitars to go around in, in my little dorm room. So when we were playing, I was usually on the pad and I did pretty great, uh, probably because I was at an advantage. <laughs> and it, it'll be interesting to see how this manifests, you know, with a, a new generation who isn't familiar with the original rock band. Um, if we'll start to see TikToks about how hard it is to find a guitar or the drum pad, it'll be uh, quite the discovery moment for sure for a lot of people. Destin? Yeah, I'm looking on eBay right now. These sets go for like two hundred to four hundred dollars. Wow. So to give you an idea of like just how coveted they are, and then there's adapters that go for like twenty. I think a really easy solution here is to just allow other people to manufacture these devices. Clearly, some third party would be able to offer them at reasonable prices. Uh, you know, not secondhand, and and you'd have a quality product at the very least. Like maybe for Epic to you know drum up unintended eh? a whole manufacturing <laughs> line to be able to make these guitars and such it's just too much but at least allow third parties to do so yeah if hyperkin can bring back the duke controller yeah somebody can bring back <laughs> the rock band guitars and and drums yeah so that's uh all right i'm calling i'm thanking epic but also calling them out in the same breath so maybe who knows maybe they'll change their mind at some point uh, all right, we are actually quickly running out of time, so we'll get to loot box next week. But I do want to do a trivia question, Destin. You should be happy that we're taking right. the time to do this because <laughs> you're very quickly running out of time to catch Miranda. Let's go I over know. the scoring. Miranda has uh, eleven points. You have nine, so you can make this interesting right now if you get this right. It's uh, a tough question. Wish and, me luck, and Rihanna. So the the deal is. We just, a listener submits a trivia question about Xbox every week. We play for fun, mostly. At, we keep score all year, and then the panelist at the end of the year who has the most points gets a trophy that someone else in the community always volunteers to make. And we've had some crazy awesome trophies over the years. So here we go. Charlie writes in and asks, who is the tallest out of these four fictional gaming protagonists, we have uh, Geralt of Rivia, we have the Doomslayer, we have Mark uh, Marcus Phoenix as D actually, but so Geralt, Doomslayer, Master Chief, and Marcus Phoenix. So Rihanna, I'm going to go your way first here. You're obviously mm -hmm. more playing for fun. You're not going to even if you were on the rest of the month, we unfortunately wouldn't be able to catch up for that trophy. But take a shot here. Okay, we have Geralt, Doomslayer, Phoenix, or Master Chief. Oh, um, I'm trying to like picture them next to an NPC, like yeah. <laughs> in order. <laughs> Fuck, this is hard. Sorry. Um, I'm gonna guess Master Chief. 
I'm going to go with John. All right. Going with uh, 117 here. Destin, how about you? This is so tough because, like, I have no idea how tall Geralt is or or Doomslayer is. For me, Doomslayer is human. Geralt is mostly human, but, like, with abilities, you know, because he's a witcher. Um, Marcus Phoenix, to me, seems more wide than tall. He doesn't seem like a big guy. come on. Master Chief (laughs) is augmented as part of the the way that they're able to wear the Molnir, and i do know that in canon they are quite larger they're larger than uh, a lot of the other characters so i am also going to say master chief just because the other characters are based on human beings even well, though they're fantastic all right well both of you arrived at correct logic thinking this through yes it is yes. the master chief he is seven feet tall yeah all right you're right this doom slayer's a guy he's 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 a badass but he's not ginormous marcus (laughs) phoenix same thing and Geralt, yeah not uh not a giant not a giant so uh, yes points for each of you here let's let's get uh, yeah yeah, rihanna on the board with some uh (laughs) some respect respectable points here and then i'll take a consolation prize of only one point thank you (laughs) but you're perfect one for one you've never gotten a question wrong on, uh, you have, on you have our highest block. success rating. <laughs> yes. Okay, Destin, next week, then, you could tie Miranda, depending on how, how right. things go. Uh, thank you, Charlie, for sending in that excellent question. And if anybody else out there has an Xbox trivia question that they'd like to stump the panel with here as the final race for the trophy winds down, you can email that to me at unlocked at IGN.com. Include the question. Include four multiple-choice answers. And please note the correct answer in your email. That will bring us to the end of Podcast Unlocked, episode 522. Rihanna, it's been so great getting to do a show with you. Remind everybody again, now that they've hung out with you for an hour, where can they find you on various social medias? Of course, G4. Please uh, give some plugs here. Yeah. Um, first off, I'll go ahead and plug G4 is going to do a Halo week, too. So hopefully we can see y'all in some multiplayer matches while we're doing our coverage. And uh, we'll, we'll have lots of really great content. Um, you can go to G4TV.com to get all of the information on how to watch. We're on basically every platform you could possibly own. And for me personally, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Rihanna Tweets Now. That's R-I-A-N-A Tweets Now. Uh, I tweet a lot about G4. A lot about people of color and women in the industry, marginalized communities that deserve your respect and attention, and lots of jokes. <laughs> Excellent. All right. Destin, how about you, my friend? Yeah, um, you know, follow me on Twitter at Destin Legary. You can watch my YouTube stuff at youtube.com slash Destin channel if you want to. Otherwise, just uh, keep an eye on IGN. It is going to be a busy month with all the Halo stuff. Yes, and I'm a big part of that as well. We all are because Halo is such a big focus for the entire IGN team. I, as I said, I'm on the campaign review, so look for that soon. And check out that Joseph Staten IGN Unfiltered interview on your preferred platform there. So for Super Producer Red, along with Rihanna and Destin, I'm Ryan. This was Unlocked 522, and we will see you back here for a big show next week.